This past week, I took my oldest son to hear the Orchestre de la Suisse Romane. Friends had tickets that they couldn't use, and we were happy for the chance to go spend a chilly November evening at Victoria Hall. As we made our way into the building and joined the bustle of people sort of milling around in the lobby, I realized that this was something I hadn't done in a very long time. I love going to concerts, but it had been years. I hadn't been to one since before the pandemic. And there was something exhilarating about being back in that familiar sort of environment again. All those ordinary little rituals that we usually take for granted seemed quite wonderful. Showing the tickets to the ushers who were patiently waiting for us at the top of the stairs. Those little pen lights they use to read the number of your seat and show you to your place. The shuffle of settling in and arranging your coat on the back of the seat. And the way that the stars of the show, the musicians themselves, are just sort of sitting up there on the stage when you arrive, politely chatting with one another or paging through their scores. It's this warm welcome jumble of sights and sounds. And then there's that moment that arrives very suddenly without any fanfare or flourish. The concertmaster walks in from one side and strides in this very businesslike way to the front of the orchestra and calls for an A. The note emerges, usually played by an oboe, and the sound cuts through everything else in the room. The chatter and the conversation and the laughter and the rustling of coats and programs, and we're all sort of suddenly called to attention. The pure, clean sound of the oboe is quickly muddied, of course, by this whole mess of other sounds. Other woodwinds and brass and strings tuning up, getting their instruments in line with that given pitch. It's not exactly beautiful, all of those notes kind of crunched together. Sometimes there's sort of a blast from a flute or a trumpet that comes out of nowhere. But by the time it ends, after 30 seconds or so, the orchestra's in tune and quiet again, ready to play. And all of us in the audience are silent, sitting up straight in our seats, expectant and alert. That's what the season of Advent is like. In the middle of all the chatter and noise of this time of year, the pressures of the holidays and the mounting to-do lists, the schedules that are filling up and the sales in the stores, the excitement or the sadness that this season brings with it, here in worship, a single clear note sounds out. It's always one of the prophets who gets to herald the start of a new church year. Sometimes it's Isaiah with words about a time when swords will be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, or summoning God to tear open the heavens and come down. This year, it's Jeremiah who cuts through all the noise around with a message as pure and clear as a single note on an oboe. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days, and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Hope is not lost, says Jeremiah. In fact, hope abounds because God's promise is enduring and true, a righteous branch will spring up. New life is coming. 
Justice and righteousness will flourish. Salvation is on the way. Jeremiah announces this future steeped in God's ways of justice and mercy and abundant life for all. Those days are surely coming, the prophet says. God says so, and God is faithful. That's the pitch that we tune to in Advent, the promise of a new day, of God's eternal faithfulness to people and to the whole of creation. Maybe we're not used to that kind of bold, confident hope. Maybe we've lost touch with it after a year of challenges and worries and distractions. Maybe we have practically forgotten what it sounds like altogether. Whatever the case, Advent calls us back to that common hope, that common longing for the future that God promises will come. Don't forget what that sounds like, says Jeremiah. You are meant to be people of hope, people of deep yearning for the fulfillment of God's promises. That longing is our A440 this Advent, our concert pitch. But it's just like when that oboe plays the first note at Victoria Hall. It doesn't take long for a whole bunch of other sounds to rise up and muddy it up and all but threaten to drown it out. You've probably noticed that our reading from the Gospel of Luke this morning has a whole lot of noise in it. And it's a whole lot more distressing than cellos and French horns tuning up. There are signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and distress among nations confused by the roaring of the seas and people fainting from fear and foreboding and the powers of the heavens shaking. Jesus' words are heavy and difficult here, and they may sound more than a little close to home at the moment. Whether it's the mounting effects of climate change or the pandemic that continues to turn lives and communities upside down, or the depths of racism still to be reckoned with in so many societies, or conflicts tearing nations and peoples apart, there are any number of reasons to be in distress today, any number of reasons to be fainting from fear and foreboding. We can read through Jesus' words like a sort of checklist today, and it all matches up pretty well with late November 2021. Check, check, check. It's easy to get stuck there in this reading, lost in all that doom and gloom. But that's not where Jesus means to leave us. You see that, right? Even in the middle of all that chaotic noise, we are meant to keep listening for the bright and clear sound of hope. When these things begin to take place, Jesus says, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Hope is not lost, Jesus says. In fact, hope abounds because God has promised a future of justice and joy and God is to be trusted. Don't lose heart. Raise your heads. Keep longing, keep hoping even now. We're used to thinking of the seasons of the church year as sort of pointing to a big story, I think. And that's not a bad thing. The year certainly follows a kind of narrative arc from Jesus' birth to his ministry and death to his resurrection and ascension to the empowering and sending of the church. There is a story there to be followed, of course. But I was thinking this week that another way to think of the church year is sort of like cycling through a series of exercises, 
each meant to strengthen a particular and essential muscle of faith. We are meant to be people who know how to celebrate, so we have Christmas and Easter to practice. We're also meant to be people who repent, so we have Lent to teach us that skill. And we're meant to be people who find fulfillment and joy in sort of the tasks and adventures of everyday life. So we have ordinary time to help us at it. And we're meant to be people who hope for the fulfillment of all that God promises, all that God has in store. So we have the season of Advent to train us again in the art of longing. We're meant to be people who hope, not just in times when hope comes easily, but also in times when it's difficult, in times when fearful and foreboding signs are all around. So here in the Northern Hemisphere, we are practicing hope for light in this time when the days are getting shorter. And we're practicing hope for warmth and comfort when the temperatures are growing colder. And we're practicing hope for new life when the trees have lost their leaves and green is scarce and gray is everywhere. This is hard work on your own. It's hard to keep listening for that clear sound of hope when there's noise all around, when there's worry or despair threatening to drown it out, which is why we practice as a community. It's why we keep gathering for worship, to listen and build each other up and sing our faith and remind one another that this is who we are meant to be, people who hope together no matter what. It's why we will surround Bastion with our promises today. You're not alone in your life of faith, we say to him at his baptism. God promises unfailing love and care for you, and we promise to accompany you as well, to journey with you, to celebrate with you, to learn with you, to hope with you. A little bit after he speaks about that righteous branch that will spring up, Jeremiah says this, If any of you could break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that day and night would not come at their appointed times, only then could my covenant with my servant David be broken. God's promise of life for us and for the whole creation is as sure as the day that follows the night. It's that certain, that unshakable. So friends, hope is not lost. In fact, hope abounds. Amidst all the other sounds, listen for that note this season. It is always there, strong and pure and true. Thanks be to God. Amen.